0: Good evening, welcome to another edition of <laughs> Card Authority. Footy's back. AFL starting tomorrow. A little grainy on screen, it's uh, not super ideal, but uh, hopefully that cleans itself up in a second. Welcome, welcome. Card Authority, episode 32. AFL season just about to start. Footy stars 2022, a couple of weeks old. Jenks. How are you? Welcome to the show as per
1: usual. Oh, I am good. I am good. I got a bit of a fright when I saw myself on the screen there. I, you know, it's been a few weeks since we've done the last uh, podcast and yep. so much has happened and so much coming up as well. So big times at the moment for trading cards as, as it has been for the the last not little while so much anymore. Yeah. It's been going pretty crazy for the last couple of years and it sort of still still seems to continue and especially in terms of the AFL world. Absolutely.
0: And I think things are growing and growing, but let's just jump straight into it with Footy Stars 2022. Yeah. Um, Obviously, an expanded release this year from Select. Um, Different variations of boxes, more numbered hits, signatures for the first time um what's been your take on it and how it's affected the market um okay so
1: really interesting release i think probably you and i and most other people expected that you know what's been happening over the last year or two with select is they seem to be increasing release by release in terms of what's in it, the collectability of what's in a numbered card signature cards and all that sort of stuff so i'm yep. sure you know, there was an air of expectation that footy stars, as it was a big leap last year already with the marquees and things like that and the showstoppers previously, yep. that we would see some sort of increase again. Obviously, they'd already been going down the path of parallels a lot and, and parallel cards and whatnot. So I think exactly that. We've seen it, and and that's what's coming to this footy stars. There's obviously a lot more numbered cards. There's a lot more inserts. And it has both its pros and its cons. Um, For me personally like definitely a little bit overwhelming the scale of the team sets that need to be completed in this release um especially with so many numbered cards but i think it's actually more the unnumbered cards to be honest because although they're not numbered they're just so hard to hit a lot of it because they're so spread out and we'll probably talk a bit more more about that specific stuff Later, but uh, yeah. in general terms, I think look, there's some amazing cards in this release. There's stuff that I love, and there's stuff that I dislike, and there's stuff that um, you know still on the fence about. But, sure, you know, and I think you look, you touched
0: on something. They've obviously expanded the release. Everyone wants there to be plenty of stock, whether it's for the kids or for supermarkets or the hobby market. Yeah, and obviously the appetite and the hunger um, last year was phenomenal. I don't yeah. think really. Previous to last year, that ever sold out footy stars, yeah, and it was sold out within I don't think it was like 10 days, something like that. Um, you can't have more stock without having bigger print runs, more inserts to make it work. Yep. Um, you know, do I think the, exec- the execution was perhaps a tiny bit off, yeah, yes, but I can see the fundamentals of what they were trying to achieve. Yeah, and look, and and, like, so just yeah, let me finish yeah, that. One of the key things which I liked is with the separation of the normal box and the jumbo box, there is no issues with kids being able to get packets and stuff like that from shops. Yeah. Because there is something in theory for the hobby market to maybe direct their attention to. Yeah. And if you didn't buy any or you weren't involved, jumbo was sold exclusively through select and also through selected hobby stores. Yeah. So that is a fundamental thing that they tried to do to satisfy both sides of the marketplace yeah. is a big tick. Yeah. Um you know, and you I'm sure you're going to talk about numbering and cards shortly,
1: but you know, could they have maybe done it a little bit better? Absolutely. There's always going to be the learning curve and you would yeah, like sure. to think that yeah. they'll continue to learn from how the market receives and consumes their, their product and they'll keep yeah. making those adjustments. I think you touched on the really key thing is that they need to increase their total production runs to service the markets, okay? A lot of people are looking at it over the last three year, three to four years now going, oh, well, they're, they're pushing out too much, they're diluting, look what they're doing, they're just cashing in. But I think the reality is if you go back a few years, you actually see that the production runs of Series 1 was far greater back then than what they are now. Due to demand tapering off in the market, they actually reduced the size of the production runs For quite a few years now they're having to increase it one to meet the demand but two they obviously need to capitalize on the strength of the market at any given time if we as as collectors and as consumers want them to continue to produce better and better product in terms of the physical nature of it more signatures more patch like product, uh you know more superior print and quality of output then the company needs more money they need to make more money to justify spending more money so here's the thing there's only two ways you can go if their decision is okay we see an opportunity here to increase our print run by 50% let's say for example to one satisfy the market but two also be able to capitalize on 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 the demand that actually exists well either they can dramatically increase the current short print cards and start taking them from being in the high 100s and the low 200s up to 400 500 600 800 or they need to produce a number of different types of numbered variation cards in order to then keep the short print aspect now it's it's really interesting how the impact that has on the market because some of the cards how do you work out relative pricing some of these cards are the equivalent of a prestige red in terms of numbering but your chance of hitting it is a box hit instead of a one-in-six box hit. Yeah. So it's far harder to hit it, you know what I mean? You need to open a lot more product to actually get that particular card sort of yep. thing. So it's been really interesting to watch over the last couple of weeks where cards have started, where they are now, where they've been during the period. It's uh, And we're starting to see things settle, um, which is good at this point. Yeah, and look, I think one of the things that,
0: you know, and actually Daniel English just popped up on the screen there. I believe that there was too many numbered cards, but love the first release this year. Hello, Daniel. Um, you know, that's a really good point. You know, sometimes it's funny. If there is a numbered cards, Yeah, people whinge and say there should be more numbered cards. If there's too many numbered cards, people would just say there's too many. Yeah. You
1: know, well no, vice people versa, would just yeah. say, Well, this is shit. You know, it's numbered so high that it's got no value. Yeah. So what would you prefer? Shitloads of certified four sixties that are worth two dollars or a dollar or three dollars or somewhere in the middle there? Or or would you prefer more cards numbered in the hundred to two hundred and fifty range that will actually have a retained value around the ten dollar mark? They yep. may start at fifty, but Based on historical data and where they match up against the market, they'll end up being worth between ten and thirty dollars in the long term. Well,
0: let's let's wind back to Footy Stars 19, 17, 20, whatever it might be. Yeah. There was literally two, one or two numbered cards. There was one. You per got a box. starburst. But you might have got a Brownlow predictor. So
1: but that's a case hit. So your guaranteed uh, yeah. box hit was a Starburst. Yep. And your case hit opportunities yep. were Brownlow predictors. Not premiership predictors, not Coleman predictors. Yep just brown low predictors. So therefore, when you start to look at it in, in economical terms, and here's the thing, collectors all look at the economics of this now. As much as someone may wanna deny it, that's not the case. People look at this these type of products now and they go, cool, $105 re- recommended retail price, I can buy it off select. When I look at the fact it's got four numbered, minimum of four box hits in it, numbered between whatever it is, 125, 115, and yep. 250 at, at the canvas level or whatever, people look at it and go, well, I should just buy more than I normally would because look what I'm getting versus the rest of the market. Historically, they look and see all those cards are gonna be worth between 10 and $30 they are gonna settle there. And that's the reality. So so yeah. they are adding more value to the product, but at the same time as they add more value, which appeases our appetite in, in one way as a collector, you know, we, we love it. We're like, yes, they're increasing the value, But on the flip side, they're making it harder for us to collect.
0: Do you think that there is a problem that we've been almost uh, spoiled over the last 12 months having supremacy to a certain extent, but optimum and prestige (laughs) last year where you bought a box, even the worst box, you were getting your money back and some. Whereas that's probably an unrealistic expectation for a series one product. Whenever it is, do you know
1: what I mean? There, there is a reason why there are so many people. Now, we've talked about the move from NBA and other international sports and the broader trading card market. Yep, We've talked about it for probably the last 12 months saying that we see through the means that we have, whether it's card authority or the RGB network, whatever it is, we track a lot of data, we look at a lot of movement and what's taking place, yep. and we've seen the consistent influx of people from other trading card areas coming in. What we have seen take place now in the last two to three months is as much as the previous 12 months combined, it would be fair to say. Yep. Um, And a lot of that, in my opinion, is to do with the fact of the extracted value, what we call the extracted value that comes out of AFL boxes. And we saw it very much with the rookie. The rookie cards numbered to 25 are hugely undervalued against the entire AFL market. And the reason they're undervalued is because the RRP was between 99 and 199 for yep. those boxes. And therefore, psychologically, as humans, we we weren't thinking that every card that comes out is a 400 to $1,500 card. I only need to get my 99 back if it's not one that I need. I only need my 199 back. And as a result, like again, and I, I want to see where this is in a couple of years, and I'll happily admit I'm wrong if I'm wrong at the time those cards will be impossible to find. And and, and the bow that I'm drawing here is people are seeing that AFL cards, the RRP of the packets and the boxes have essentially remained the same or they've gone up at a very low percentage rate where every other international product has absolutely gone up at a a retail level, at a sealed product level. So other people are now moving in into the space and It could be causing a little bit of artificial increase there as well, but there's just not much of this stuff around, you know, and, and, you know, we make the comparison like this is supposed to be, this release footy stars, it's like NBA hoops for the NBA people. The difference is there's, what, 60,000 boxes of this or sixty uh, uh, what, whatever, whatever the figures are, yeah. but it's such a minuscule amount yes. compared to anything else. So a slight little surge of people into the AFL market causes dramatic pressure across the board. Sure. So do you think
0: as well that there's also, and we've talked about this over the last year or so, because people can effectively go and buy a product like footy stars straight away and not only be able to buy it almost buy exactly what they want you know someone that might have been a a one box buyer or a two box buyer that they'd go to their hobby shop Mm -hmm. they can log on to the select website either with an sec membership or in the public sale buy a case pay for it after pay and then suddenly there is almost that return on investment pressure yeah you know whereas if you go and buy a few packets or a box you know a hundred dollars is a hundred dollars yeah but there probably isn't the same pressure as eight hundred or twelve hundred dollars yeah which is then suddenly slamming the prices down because people have this
1: expectation that they're going to open a box and get two thousand dollars out of it well that's right. they're going to get at the bare minimum they're going to get their money back yep but they could get something extraordinary and a huge amount back and at first they'll be stubborn we're stubborn we're all we're all the same we're all wired the same way at first we're stubborn we don't want to move it we don't want to undersell the market but exactly as you said as the dates move forward and the days keep going we get more and more possessive with needing to move the cards on and recoup the money and in most cases it's getting the money back to then purchase the cards that you need or buying more boxes i mean that's really the human psychology of it to be honest and, 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 that, and that's, you know, that, that's the reality of it. And I think, you know, spot on one of the things, so there was afterpay. We have seen this huge, huge rise in afterpay. We talked about it for the first time about a year ago, and obviously the, there's been a, a big difference. And it's not people's spending habits haven't changed. It's it's people, rather than using a credit card, yep. are now using afterpay. Which, and then in with the afterpay, it changes some, the cycle. So and, and it's pay, a quicker... Quicker. So instead of people paying it off in 30 days, yep. people are paying their first installment in 7 or 14 days. Yeah, okay. So you start to see a direct correlation there. So there's a quicker pressure. So the yep. quicker pressure to pay it back puts a much faster squeeze on selling. Yeah, okay. I, did, I didn't think about that. That's... So, so people are holding more for the first 4 or 5 days, then it's 7 days you see a bit of a sell, then it holds a bit, and then the people who are due for their 14-day payments start yep. starts. do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Any paying for PayPal is exactly the same as Daniel just said. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and every service offers that now. So people, people essentially, I think we're both saying the same thing here is people that may have previously ordered two boxes will now buy a case. Yep. Yeah. Which means their, their risk and, and their exposure to it is far greater. So they need to get it back quicker as well. It's more important to get it back quicker. Do you think and that's why we see such volatility? Do you think as well? And look, Kevin just made a good point here. Breaks have been good value for
0: set building. Yeah. Do you think, or have you know? Obviously, we, you know, everyone knows we run a break business, but there seems to be there. there no, I wouldn't use the word flood, but everyone has cases. You know, Footy Stars case breaks. Just seem like the norm now. It, where, whereas 12, 24 months ago, yeah. it was two boxes, three boxes, Absolutely. You know, yep. occasional case breaks at the start of a yep. release. Now you put up a two box break, no one's really interested. Yep. People want a case break. They want to spend $50, $70, bang, that's it. Absolutely.
1: Yep. Much market every two weeks, cheap deals online everywhere. Yeah, exactly, Daniel. And look, we're, we're obviously right across all this sort of stuff. I'll get you to read that. So, yeah.
0: yeah, so look, I definitely think there is a cyclical change and I think that there are people doing all sorts of different things for the way they collect, whether it's going in breaks or they're buying singles or they're waiting, as Daniel said, or they're just buying more stock to open. You know, you've been able to buy boxes still. I mean, I checked this one and you were still able to buy cases of Jumbo. Yeah. Which is what? And I think what's the allowance? One per household
1: per day or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's right open. It's it's, it's, it's you know. Yeah. I post you,
0: obviously, they went through a different tack this year of having a virtuoso and effectively one in every case in the normal box. Yeah. But then if you bought a, it's called a hobby or a jumbo box, a yeah. jumbo case, you got a guaranteed case here. Yeah. In the form of virtuoso. Yeah. Do you think that impacted people's buying because they knew straight away? At worst, you were getting a hundred dollars back,
1: and maybe a representation is maybe, super strong. Maybe yeah. three,
0: four, five hundred dollars, or yeah. like, you know, in dusty case, six, seven hundred, all that kind of stuff. Do you think that altered people's position on why they should be
1: buying cases? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, it's yes. I think. The jumbo being the, the novelty aspect of here's a new thing that we haven't had before. Yep, big package. That, yeah, so yeah, that's the first. Yeah. That's the first it's, just, it's great marketing. It's great marketing, let's be honest. It's really good marketing. It's an immediate anchor. Cool, everyone wants to get it. When you think about it and if you start to really dissect it and, and analyse it, whether in your head or spreadsheets like we like to do, um, you find that they're different. Like how many people do we have that come into the shop and say, what should I get? Should I get a normal one or should I get a jumbo, which is better? Like honestly, it's happening every day at the moment. People yep. coming and buying boxes and that is the question they're asking and the answer I keep giving is it, it's – they're different. It's almost sorry. like – that's say? Siri. Siri keeps activating on my watch but uh, they're different yep. and it's almost like it depends what, what you're trying to hit it's almost like you've got to have one of each, like sort of thing. Like, so then,
0: this brings a, a good point of mine. No, oh, a good point. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a good point. <laughs> but a point I wanted to raise: they very much said, and we talked about this when we we're going through the checklist and the previews, that it was still sort of one release, you know, across the two different size boxes. We and, we reinforced that, and that was our, our first understanding. Card authority. Yeah. My take now, probably a couple of weeks later, is it's actually two. There's some similarities, but did footy stars or select perhaps make the mistake of being half pregnant? That if you're going to do two releases with different aspects, sweet, you don't need parallels across the two. Yeah. If you're gonna chase the blue card in one, you don't need to chase the yellow. You know, if there's
1: predictors in one, there's signatures in the other. so, So maybe the concept of add to the alternate version yeah. as opposed to at the both or, or, yeah as opposed to like doing something completely different yeah i, I mean i would re- prefer it had the same numbered cards across both of them and then some different variation in the jumbo on top of it mm-hmm. as opposed to changing i out? would have preferred it
0: like if you're going to do a, a let's say footy stars you've got your your yellow your blues your numbers yeah um and then your predictors yeah Fantastic. Keep them there. Yeah. If you're gonna do jumbo, cool. We'll do XYZ, do ABC, whatever, yeah, and have things that are completely different as opposed to parallels. Yeah. I know it's a little bit contradictory to what I'm about to say is that I think by the reason of having almost parallel versions of both those cards, yeah, suddenly the volume of cards you needed to complete a team set yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. And even on the lower non-numbered stuff, you know. Purple, sunrise, 30th anniversary. Yeah. You know, suddenly you're talking about 13 cards in each release for a team. I'm 50% of the way through my set. Yeah, like I I like it and we're in the position that we can afford to chase all that stuff. But you know, we talked it took it took us a week and a half to even wrap our heads around of what we were going to attack. Yeah. It just seemed like there were so many. So I I don't I don't really have the answer of how you can solve it, but it almost felt like they went from Zero to a million really quickly,
1: yeah, yeah, so uh, talking about obviously we're starting to dissect the release a little bit here now yeah. there's a couple of things that I think conceptually such a great idea, execution, not quite right, such as um, the blank canvas, yeah could have been could could have been such a high value card. Yep. And more highly sought after card if the numbering was lower and the, hit, and the hit ratio probably if it was a one per box, not a two per box hit. Yep. Now, again, this is the the whole issue that we talked about at the beginning of the show where, where you can't have it both ways. Yep. But maybe that the blank canvas was more in the way the yellow was and vice versa. So instead of like 250... Somehow get it get to it like one twenty five. Yeah, get it down to yeah. like the one twenty five mark, yep. and allow that parallel then to push out. You know yep. what I mean to okay. a higher Thanks. number. Um, certainly, I thought the Brownlow, Coleman, and Premiership Predictor, which obviously fantastic cards, love the chase. It keeps the thrill alive through yep. the whole season of a release like this, and which is always fun and always good, and it keeps the the market moving in in terms of values. Yep. But um, them not being in the jumbos. I think is, I wouldn't say it's an error. I think it's a, it, it, it's a drawback. Okay. It's a drawback not being in the jumbos. With that said, you've got a locked-in virtuoso case here, and obviously you've still got a couple of Spectrum Redemptions in there as well, and then you have the other inserts, which and the, the midnight and the yellows both being shorter print. Yep. than the other two. So I understand, like, it makes up and it balances out, but I think if they did that again, I don't see the issue with increasing the numbering on gold-style gold, f- gold style predictors. Yep. Knowing that there's always going to be the platinums, which are short print, I don't think it makes a difference if a predictor's going brown, those going from 185 out to... 250, 280, something like that. Which you the they, idea of...
0: Is it five predictors per team now? Yeah, so five predictors per it No, it's five, five I think. Yeah. I hope
1: it's five, because that's what my folder's showing.
0: Um, <laughs> so they've gone from five to, I think it was...
1: Well, they had four last year, so, three plus one. So they used to have eight. Yeah. And then they went from eight to six, then down to four, and now they're at five. five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like... Predictors are cool, especially if you get the winning one. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that hasn't been me yet. Yeah, because like, yeah, you only buy Jack Steel. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I look, I, I don't think that's something they can ever get rid of. So, do you think there is
0: more value for a consumer to be chasing case hits rather than box hits? Now that that's a product that clearly people
1: can buy more in case form, do you think it's more appealing having case hits? All box hits. Yeah, well, all of a sudden case hits are worth a lot of money. It all depends on the distribution model of the particular product. If you only had case hits in Series 2, which is very hard to get because it's so limited in quantity and and distribution, then it's a a negative, you know what I mean? But in Series 1, I don't think four box hits, four numbered box hits, is necessary in series 1. Okay. Is it a bonus? Sure, it's a bonus. It's great. Yep. Is it the be all and end all of what would make the series successful? No. What do you I think know, it is the, the what's the number? Uh to be honest, two box hits two numbered box heads plus uh, plus, you know, eight out of every 12 boxes having effectively a case hit in them. So three. So eight, yeah, so eight. So you're getting two, minimum two. You're yep. getting whatever, two, 2.77 or 2.666
0: mm-hmm.
1: big hits per box. As long as the cards are quality and the hits are good, then I I, I think that suffices. It's real, It's we're not far enough along yet to see what the actual market impact, the true impact is of how box hits get affected. Our forecasting models, I'm obviously happy to disclose this and from the, the RGB and our forecasting models indicate that based on card ratio hits versus the numbers of the cards, we value them against the previous year's series, the last two or three years series, and then we take account for current market conditions and the amount of participation. So we look at a, a box hit from last year, like a bang or a bur- numbered burst, We run comparisons on those against this year's cards and then we set ranges for where we think cards will end up being right now our modelling shows that the the box hits although there's four of them from this release due to the increased production and the spread and the ability to hit those cards that the retained value becomes the same over the long term as what it would have been in 2021 and 2020. so the the cards number to 125 through to 250 will be equivalent long-term value to the same similar box hits last year. So adding more box hits shouldn't affect the future value it could, but our forecasting doesn't show that at the moment.
0: Do you think there's a perception problem, and we've certainly noticed this a little bit over the last 6 to 12 months, that prices, and as you said, we, you know, our ranges are pretty much, you know, landed exactly where we thought they would have settled yeah do you think prices coming out so hot so fast where people are literally you know i use for example the dustin martin midnight numbers card yeah you know i remember the first couple of days people were trying to sell it for 500 700 850 dollars yeah i mean the card's numbered to what 135 it's basically a blue prestige do you know what i mean yeah blue parallel it should be a $150 card. You know, is there an artificial expectation because there's more hits, it's flashy new thing, all that kind of stuff, and they're just, when they go out so high and then suddenly when they pull back and they are $150, people are like, ah,
1: it's all crashed. It's a disaster. Yeah, so that's right. People throw their hands in the air very quickly, but what their consideration <laughs> is not that it went too high to begin with so look we are at the forefront the absolute forefront of hearing people's opinions and what they think and emotion-based opinions some people data-based opinions we hear it all all day every day you and i individually we get it collectively here we get it like that that's what we deal with And, and the reality is as you said the prices have settled in exactly the ranges we thought they would be at the fourteen-day mark. Yeah. We said that last year it was thirty to sixty days to get to that point. We thought this year it was going to happen really fast, yep. and we set fourteen days. It feels like it got there. It's, it's you know what? Like I, I'm not trying to talk it up. It's validating for us because I think it means we've probably got a pretty good grasp on what's going on out there. I
0: actually, if anything, think it's gone a bit too far. Yeah, like, like know, it went too high. No, no, oh. it's gone too low.
1: Oh, it's gone too low. Like, like
0: I think you know, some of these cards are—they're oh, so undervalued. Some of them, undervalued. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of these cards from big teams shouldn't be selling for ten bucks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Should they be fifteen or twenty dollars? Probably.
1: But they'll resettle back up at that price. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But that it's it's too extra too many extremes. But, but bargain hunting's on right now. Absolutely. I've made no secret of it, and I told yeah. you a multitude of people over the last two weeks. People have said to me, hey, I haven't seen you out there buying much. You're getting tagged on a lot of threads. I'm not seeing you buy much. And I said, Well, for me, the prices are too high. Like right now, I have ranges yep. where the prices need to hit. Once they start hitting those ranges, I buy what buy them. If they go below the ranges, I'm buying a lot of it. Yep. You know what I mean? That's whatever. That's my collecting style. Um, but that's the reality of it, and we see it every single release. There's cards that there's no way there'll be any less than a 15 to $30 range that you can pick up some at 7 to $9 at the moment. Yeah, it's crazy. Yep. Bargains. Yep. This is how it works. It's how it works.
0: And I, and I suddenly noticed like the Virtuoso cards, and we're mm-hmm. going to talk about the SIGs in a second, but you know, I, I had a range and I, I was very public about it that I thought the Richmond cards would be about $300. Yeah. Um. Yeah, about $300 because I based that on what the Bolton was last year as a marquee, number to 70, it's so similar numbering, exactly the same player, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm getting messages from people saying that they're picking up Richmond Virtuoso cards for $130, yeah. $200. To me, as a case here, that is crazy cheap. And if it was something, if I was a bulker like yeah. you are, yeah. you know what I mean? I would be buying all of them at that price. Yeah. You know, our Richmond chat group, constantly his photos being posted to these cards. You know, again, and that's what I was sort of saying about going, you know, day one, they want $850. Yeah, They didn't get it. And then suddenly
1: people are panic selling them at $150. And it's huge extreme. That's the importance. And AJ and I, I have discussed this a lot over a long period of time, including the first time when we connected really on the trading card side of things people do things in different ways i'm a big believer in patience when it comes to trading cards unless it is a very particular number or type of card that you must have like a a jumper number or a very uh, or your particular collection number whatever it is you need to take a deep breath and think about how many of the cards there are how many collectors are there? Yep. And what period of time do I realistically have to get that card? Yep. Some people, they just want it done early. They'll pay whatever the asking price is. So don't about it. Ash McMahon <laughs> mentioned something there, which is spot on. So the prices are so high early because the hype of the new release and people trying to recoup their outlay. Yep. And, and that's, that's exactly right. And so as we talked about it earlier, that is absolutely spot on. But there are also collectors out there who are happy to buy the card at that opening price. So, so, they, don't don't, so they don't have to think about it. So they don't have to think about it. they yep. secure it. It's done. But there's also people, there's speculators buying day one as well, knowing that there'll be speed bumps and there'll be drops at certain points, but they're looking much further down the track. Yeah. We, You know, st- the numbers will indicate that you see a card that's $800 day one. Right now we're two weeks later and that very same card, you can probably pick it up for $450. Yep. In twelve months' time, if you can find it, it will be back to eight hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, it, it, and it depends. Look, that's not going to happen with the hundred and fifty dollars ones. No, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen with the Fremantle ones. Yeah, it'll happen over a matter of years for those type of ones. But th- that—that's the reality of it.
0: Like, yeah, and you know, I think a good example of that is the signatures, and I and I'm sure we talked about this on air, or We might have talked about it on a on a stream for a break, but. You know the prices came out so ridiculously hot for the signatures yep. you know 1500 2000 for a bailey smith or a Steele, or sam walsh was two and a half thousand yeah and it's like people always automatically thought well it's sam walsh it's a signature it's got to be worth anything yeah there was a clear comparison no less than three months ago that a sam walsh franchise future signature yep. was a thousand bucks yeah number to 70 supremacy Fast forward three months, you have a Sam Walsh numbered to 60 yeah. by footy stars, yeah. and it's worth two and a half times its price?
1: Yeah, obviously that's not going to hold over time. That makes no sense. Yeah, well, look, the, I suppose the this, look, there's the shiny new thing aspect, but there's also the idea that it's much easier to hit a Sam Walsh signature in supremacy than it is to hit one in footy stars because of the distribution and the collation of it. Sure, but they're all coming out. Jum- Jumbo is being opened. Event, eventually. But it's not being yeah. stored
0: like the normal footy stars, probably True. sitting at a supermarket yep. or a warehouse. Yeah, Jumbo was either sitting in a hobby store like ours or buying directly. Let, let, like let's it. be honest, when we
1: were doing, when we were sitting here doing our pre-release analysis about where we thought the prices should land for different types of cards in our ranges, I, it's fair to say AJ and I had very differing opinions on the Virtuoso and where they would be very specifically around the Jack Steele one and the other St Kilda ones. And the price that AJ thought they would open at or thought they would be was the very high price that people came out listing them at. The price that I said that this is where they should actually cost, comparable to other things like showstoppers, marquees, player representation, all that sort of stuff, is where they're getting to right now, sort of thing. Sure. But, you know, you were even sort of shocked that when you, you thought a Jack Steel would be a thousand dollar card, a Jack Steel seat. Yeah. And I said, in my opinion, that's settling at $400. I said, four to 500 is the range, but I think it, it settles, yeah, around closer to the 400 mark. And that's where we're seeing the sales at at this point.
0: And I thought it was going to fall into the same sort of bundle as Bailey Smith um, and. You know, Sam yeah. Walsh. You know, I thought yeah. they were going to land sort of similar price. Yeah.
1: but Sam Walsh is at a whole different level now, too. That's going up to Dusty sort the of heights now.
0: Sure, but it has all pulled back, which has been good because, you know, no
1: one was buying them at those prices for obvious reasons. Well, that's the other thing. It's all good and proper for a card to sell once at that price. But can it get sustained sale at that price? Yeah. How many people have the money to pull the trigger at that price? I'm getting a couple of
0: messages, too. Sorry, the, I know the camera is a bit glitchy. I'm not sure what's going on with our internet. Um, hopefully the sound all is fine i will upload another version to youtube but um yeah just you know close your eyes and listen um i mean jenks is sitting close to the camera anyway that's right um (laughs) so overall the release give me a give me a jenks rating out of 10 of how you think footy stars has been
1: so on the basis that i don't think anything can actually be a 10. Because mm-hmm. a 10 would mean that there is no room for improvement. What do you think Optimum was
0: first of all as a baseline? Which we both said publicly and oh, privately is uh, one of the best releases. Yeah, ever. I think Optimum
1: is, I'll just straight up say it, that is the best, ser- the, the best series to release ever. Like, yeah. notwithstanding cool, it doesn't have the Hall of Fame legend sigs or whatever, whatever. It's got dual signatures of huge players. It's got DPSs for every single player, three variations like... Yep, I don't know. Like to me, you, that's where you're getting right up at the eight point five nine level out yep. of ten. I would say the same. Where same. there's still a bit of, you know, you can always keep improving. But that, but the the you, value. Yeah, just, the chase stars. Right yeah, forty stars. I don't know. This is probably, I say, probably a seven, seven and a half. And that seems to be the consensus of the few people that are
0: commenting at the moment. It's sort all of saying oh, seven, funny. seven point five. Yeah, I think and, yeah, seven, seven and a half. Yeah, and I, and I think that's pretty much where I would stand as well. Um. You know, I think for a series one product at two ninety nine, I cannot see how that product, Footy Star, stays at that price. with glo- like we deal with global logistics for other businesses yeah. we're in. There is no like in way, the future in terms of a three dollar pack?
1: of I mean, look at the, look at petrol yeah. prices everyone's talking up. about. Look at the cost of materials. The, the expectation at, should be the cost of footy cards and all cards across the board. And it, an it's gonna be a going twenty
0: twenty five percent bump. I would think so. Yeah. I, I as everything is bumping at the moment, yeah. so while it's still at that two ninety nine price point, yeah, I think it's it's still a really good release. Um, you, absolutely, agree. and look, yes, the team set collecting is a big chase, but you know, as someone said, oh, Captain McMahon said, this hobby is a marathon, not a sprint.
1: You know, it's uh yeah, but there's no doubt that the current. Evolution of cards and footy cards AFL cards for that matter are changing the way that people collect sure the, 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 there's no doubt about it. There is a significant shift. Well, what's the, split, the shift? Yeah, the shift is taking place right now from team set collecting to player collecting or specific set collecting. Sure. I'm seeing definitely a movement away from numbered cards in general to signature cards. You yep. patch cards, um, more of the, very, you know, shorter print stuff rather than higher print. So yep. as people are transitioning out of team collecting, they're just really honing in and, and targeting on stuff. Um, at the same time, like there are people still team collecting. I'm doing it. You're doing it. There's lots of people we know that are doing it. Do you, so do you think the
0: shift from being team set collectors is happening due to the NBA influence that we've talked about, you know, for the last 12 months? Or do you think it is due to the daunting thing of someone going, shit, there's 250 Kilda cards I need to get. (laughs) It's just physically too many cards for me to wrap my brain around.
1: Yeah, I I think it's one, it's the the chase and what's involved in trying to chase those cards down. And then there's the financial side of it as well. Um, You know, where, you know, you and I talked about where it may have gone from costing $600 outlay on any given year to do your series one team master set or maybe not for richmond people but to do your average team master set that now could be a two thousand dollar exercise or a fifteen hundred dollar exercise for series one Yeah, and the the issue is for team collectors and team master set collectors is well if you forego one set or one particular release well you're essentially saying well that's it for me if I'm going to have a gap in my master team set, well, I'm no longer a ma- I'm no longer master team setting, and then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, you're like, well, if I'm not going to master team set moving forward, I may as well start selling off the stuff that I don't want from the last twenty years.
0: Can I pose a question? What I mean? can, well, can I pose a question? And It might seem a little controversial. Yeah, you know, because we're still getting a lot of comments, you know, both YouTube and also Facebook, saying that they're still doing team sets. I'm doing team sets. I'm still doing team sets. Yeah. Could it be a situation of the half glass half empty people just whinging about team set collecting, even though they might not be team set collecting? Like we used the uh, example last year in boxes last year. Local that, minority. Yeah, people that sure. were saying, oh, I can't believe I can't get a case, but they were never
1: going to buy a case anyway. Absolutely. And there's always, look, the, I'm not going to say negative sentiment, but. Uh, let's say, an opinion that is not positive and positive outlook, we're yep. not going to call it negative, it's just not, not overtly positive, is always going to be felt a lot louder and, and feel a lot bigger than what its real representation is. Okay, fair. Um. Yep. And, and uh, you know, I've talked about it in the past with, the, uh, you know, the analogies connecting it to music and concerts and the music industry and you know you can have five people complain on social media that the sound was shit the the line for the bars were too long why didn't they have more toilets or whatever it is but no one's looking at the bigger picture context that there was 50,000 people in attendance yep and 49,995 of the other ones didn't seem to complain okay so are, there, are all, everyone's opinions and what they're doing valid? Absolutely. As I said, I know so many people, people that I'm close to as well, not so many, a few that are either considering or have talked about or are changing the way they're collecting to meet the current market conditions and, and what's taking place. And I fully support that and I fully understand that. Is it a... Is it overrepresented publicly? That's probably a better way. Yeah, yeah. yes. I think yeah. it probably is overrepresented. There is still lots of people doing their team sets.
0: So I'd argue some of the people that are doing the sell off because they're not happy are people that would do a sell off because it's a day ending in why.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, no, I think AFL cards are unique. And obviously, I can see through the comments as well, there's a bunch of people who are not traditional AFL people that are in watching the stream at the moment afl cards are different they are very very unique and it's you know you can't necessarily compare them to nba cards although we like to make the comparisons the cards are collected in a very different way because of the culture of the sport itself but that's also what gives afl cards their value and especially breaks their value and something i've talked a lot with people about recently including you and i've talked a bit about it is that when you and people like us, we go into an NBA break, for example, and there's 30 teams. Yep. For any given year, you only want one or two of those teams and you only want to hit one or two players out of the entire, the release and the entire product because those are the only cards that have any value to them. 99% of the cards have no value. AFL, that's not the case, and that's what people know. Those 18 teams... Yeah, there's a handful, four or five, that the cards are worth a bit less, but every single team has the ability to hit cards that have value because it is underpinned by culture and the culture of AFL and people, people, people's love for their clubs and their sports and, and their players, and it, it, it's different. And I think the card companies need to keep in mind, and again, we've talked about this, that although they need to grow and they need to evolve and they need to expand and they need to do things bigger and better as they continue to go, they always need to keep in mind the fundamental aspect of AFL cards that team collectors... It's tribal. Team collectors yep. is ultimately what underpins the hobby. And if it tips to a point or a critical mass where it, where it, it does become a large amount of people and not necessarily overrepresented then it start, you start to really feel the effects. Yep. I don't think we're feeling any effect of it whatsoever right now. Yep. Okay. That, that, that's that's how I feel about
0: it. Yeah, I guess one little, you know, further thing I don't know, I was meant to mention it before, with some of the subsets that they did, I felt like they almost added, they, they ran too deep. You know, instead of there being six or eight or nine players, they did 13. You know, especially in the numbers set, yeah. there are a couple of players, I can't even remember who the Richmond guy is, Mansell maybe. I mean, the bloke doesn't even have his own track suit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that, you know, that's probably an immediate fix that I think you could just tighten it a little bit and suddenly you're removing 10, 15 cards
1: from a team master set. Yeah. But still able to have the... Yeah, and, and do you, you really care if it pushes from 190 to 200? 200 to 210 in like and again like that's you know we we you know there's a lot of jokes we joke about yeah the you know the, the boys own select and this that and they're involved in all this decision making and influences. It's it's let's be honest it's all a load of crap okay the reality is the influence we actually have is when we have these conversations openly with you guys on platforms like this yeah because make no mistake, the card companies are listening, they're watching. Sure. They may not be doing it visibly and they may not ever acknowledge it, but that's actually what's taking place. But
0: also, again, we're not, not—we're not, you know, by any means saying that we're wonderful. It's just more that this is a platform.
1: Well, we that, need to debate these things. But across whether oh, it's yeah.
0: card authority or any of the big groups on Facebook, they're all looking at it. Yeah. They're
1: looking at the feedback, they're hearing yeah. the feedback of what people are saying. And they, and they need to hear the broad feedback. They sure. need to hear uh, they need to hear the community saying, Well, we're not so fussed about it. c we'd rather have nine or ten cards in a set numbered at two hundred and ten than have thirteen at one ninety. Is that the bigger is that everyone else's opinion? I don't really know. Like yeah. we, we're talking about it, we're debating it. Or is it well who cares if there's three more cards? What's the difference? Yeah. They're only twenty dollar cards anyway. John you know I mean, so, yeah, and that and that's the thing, and that's why it's so important that the opportunities are there for people to discuss this sort of stuff as well. Yeah and that we don't just shoot down opinion opinions either. All opinions are valid. Absolutely. So do we think um you know,
0: we don't know. I presume prestige is coming, it seems to pair up nicely. Yeah. You know, do you think there is going to be trends? from footy stars to prestige like are we effectively going to see a parallel version of what we've just seen in footy stars how,
1: how do you how do you parallel everything in footy stars because the, 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 then we've probably got something then we've probably got something that's where we, we start to probably talk about like okay this is where it's really going too far now yeah okay you can't like surely like you'd have to pick and choose some sets well, obviously, the production run is substantially less suppressed. That's what I mean. So substantially less. Do they, do they have a shorter print canvas card? Probably would make sense. And then all of a sudden, we'll look back on this episode and go, "Well, the reason they numbered it to two hundred and fifty is because they actually have a short print in prestige." Numbered to eighty or one hundred, whatever, whatever. whatever it is, yeah, could yeah. be half the numbering. Whatever it yeah. is, okay. So, is there that numbers? Well, obviously, if they were to do numbers. Well, they wouldn't do two different types of numbers, would they? They've already got those two. Well, there's not parallel. So, midnight and daylight. daylight. Yeah, so I don't know what else
0: they're going to do. We didn't talk about the classified cards. Classified, So, So, you know, when we both got them, we both in hand said they needed to be, or they, they looked, they were a brilliant looking card. Yeah. I come from a sports data background. I had never really heard or used the classified ranking system. Yeah. I mean, it does exist um (coughs) what was your view on that card like you i mean we both agreed that it, it looked
1: sensational in hand yeah it looks like a card that's a box hit yeah it looks like a higher quality better production better output card yep what's the number two 250. yep so it's a good card it's not getting retained value because of its numbering. And it's all star close. So again, is it a situation where the parallel cards should have been much higher numbering your blues and your yellows and stuff, where any things like your classified should be coming down? Maybe. Because maybe almost the classified and the blank slates should have been flipped. So I wonder if there's a classified variation in prestige.
0: Well, that and if the blank can canvas, be, if they suddenly change their a, from... a
1: black canvas and a black classified or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, put them in number to 80, they become, or 100, like, and replace, like, Brownlow Vote Leaders or Clearance Kings or whatever, yeah, they suddenly become a pretty
1: attractive card. Yeah. And then you have your three layers of parallel on, on the base Maybe. again. I, I don't know. Maybe. And then what's what's going to happen with the Brownlow predictors? Do they chop down the numbers, or is there still going to be five Brownlow predictors? No. Surely, hey, Tim. Um, what did they end up with? Prestige last year was only two, wasn't it? It was a wild card and one player. Wild card and one player, wasn't it? I think so. Oh, my God, I've got a mental blank. Here. Me too. It was either four or two. I think it was a wild <clears> one. <throat> Could be very wrong. I'm pretty sure it was a wild one. No, wild it play. was. Yeah, it was
0: one player in a wild, wild a Yeah, That's right. It was one player in a wild
1: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, okay, it's going to be interesting to see. All I'm going to say is I hope Prestige isn't coming in like three or four weeks' time. I mean, surely not. I, I think we need some space here. The season is literally starting tomorrow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Free Stars has come out. Half the people in the stream right now who collect AFL cards have already completed their sets, and the footy season hasn't even started. This is a release that's supposed to go throughout the year. Yeah. So it's already feeling like we have started the year very hard and
0: fast here. Well, I imagine Coles and all the the mainstream stores pretty much would have put it on shelf this week because yeah. they generally put it on a Monday or a Thursday. Yeah. You know, you see awesome the last footy week. games or the food. Two players in a World Cup. Yeah. Thank you, thank You're always you showing some sense. It's very hot in here. My brain's not working. Um, okay, so that's 40 stars. And I guess look, that's probably a good way to pivot that, um, you know, we
1: talk about having a breather, but Team Coach comes out this week. Team Coach out this week, we believe. Yep. Well, from a shop perspective, we're pretty certain it's going to be Thursday or Friday this week. Yep. Probably a couple of weeks' time before it gets out into all the major stores and everything like that. Um, look... Previews have been out for the last week. Check it out. They're on the Team Coach page on the really good vibes that have been shared through there. Similar to last year's release, Cardcraft, which was obviously a big success for them, has continued on. They've doubled it. They've doubled year. it, so two players per team now. Yep. Um, Tyson Beck further involved by the looks of it in the design side of things. Uh, I just feel I, like I, they're just not using him right. I think they're using him better, though. Yeah, last year, yeah, I, I feel
0: like you've got – Arguably, the Australia's greatest card designer in
1: terms of the current modern day, he's absolutely present and waiting to crossover. Yeah, big international name. Yeah. I feel like they just, you know, his cards don't look bad, but gee, I just feel like he could. He's an asset. He sh- he should be on the on the rare. He should be the rarest. You look like that. His card should be the rarest cards in the series. Yeah, type of thing. Look, with that being said, they've obviously released the preview tonight of the um the they've got a gold wild card. So case hits now a silver trophy, and then there's six six variations, six variations I think it is of the go of gold trophy cards, which are now one in ten cases.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: And they are a Tyson Beck design. Yeah. So. Uh, look, I, I like the idea they're utilizing Tyson Beck, but again, they went from not enough last year to maybe too much this year, instead of putting him onto some of those other designs, push him to the high end, keep, or cre- keep, the, keep or, the prestige. Or create an insert
0: line that is Tyson Beck. Tyson Beck. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't don't put lipstick on a pig. <laughs>
1: Dex, uh, so Daniel, I, I, due to the way the AFL licence and everything work, I think well, it's it's a, it's a game card. Yeah. it's not a collectible, so they can't have numbers. On they can't license. they can't number their cards. There's restrictions with yeah. the license. With that being said, though, they've made it quite apparent now where people can work out what the collation and the and the numbers are. But that's the clear difference between team
0: coach and footy stars or select, is that team coach is a kids product that is a game card and select is a collectible hobby product. Absolutely. And that's that's the the definition based on the licences yeah. and the way
1: they target the market. Yeah, yeah. And that's what the interactive nature of, of team coaches' cards and everything.
0: But yeah, look, but again... I mean, later, later this week, Thursday or Friday. Thursday or Friday. Thursday Friday was,
1: uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll see, see more info.
0: So we're no, almost at no, no. an hour, Jenks, um, and I think this is a good little time with footy starts with the predictors. Yes, sir. Everyone wants to know, They're out there hunting for predictors. Premiership, Brownlow, uh, Coleman, who is your, what Premiership predictor, the listeners out there, should they
1: be going and hunting? If any of the uh, Saints crew are watching at the moment from our Saints collectors group. This is, I should have, I should have have changed. (laughs) They would would know that this question was easily answered already like a couple of months ago, uh, I think in January. I put my multi down for. What's your multi? St. Kilda for the Premiership, Jack Steele, Brownlow, and Max King for the Coleman medal. And that's my answers to you. Saints, the 2022 Premiers, Jack Steele, Brownlow, and Maxie King, the Coleman. And St. Kilda's probably going to win every game for the season. All right. So take your duffel coat off
0: for one <laughs> second. Who do you think is going to win the Premiership if it's not St. Kilda? Look,
1: if it's not St. Kilda. It it really pains me to say it. My wife's a demons supporter, and she made one of my sons wear a demons jumper grand final week. But I I don't know who's who's beating Melbourne. Both who's crushing them throughout the year. I'll get my answer in a second. Who's going to beat them when it comes to after? You know they've gone straight into the finals and won a premiership. Form looks amazing. Unless the thugs of Richmond like Lynch and and knock out and destroy their players at the bouncers and, and injure them for weeks, we'll be probably confident. hard to beat. I know the Carlton people will all think that they're Stop dodging the
0: question. Give me a name. We're,
1: We're gonna tie Melbourne, Melbourne, okay. Jack Steele for the Brownlow still. Yeah. And I'm confident in Max King for the Colbert. You're addicted. All right. So <laughs> I obviously taking away my Richmond. I think it's
0: GWS. He's a premiership Smokey. GWS? Not even you hanging out with Wade Stevens. No, their midfield what? is elite. Toby what? Green comes back, kicking into goals. My Coleman tip is Lacocious from no. Gold Coast. And my Brownlow
1: is Tom Mitchell from Hawthorne. No. Hawthorne's no good. They're duds.
0: Yeah, but Mitchell still polls heavily. So That's obviously, bad. you know, I think it's going to be Richmond, Dusty, and maybe Dusty will win the Coleman as well. Um,
1: But that's just my tip. Outrageous. Who's with me? Who's with me on mine versus his? No. come on. It's not a popularity contest. Surely, surely.
0: And this weekend, obviously, grand final rematch, Doggies versus Melbourne first night.
1: Who are you picking, Doggies or Melbourne? I think it's going to be Melbourne. Who even cares about that? It's only about Friday nights in Kilda versus the Well, dogs. I, I backed the dogs. What about Richmond-Carlton? Carlton. Wow. And <laughs> St. Kilda-Collingwood?
0: Saints <laughs> by like 15 goals. I actually back St. Kilda too. Uh, the interesting one, I think GWS will beat Sydney. So I'm all about the GWS train. Who do you think is going to win the Grand Prix? Oh, no one can see that on camera. They're going to win a station. Jenks is very proud of his card. Who's going to win the Grand Prix? Let's
1: hope Ricardo. Bang! look at that yeah we opened some uh look at that the boys without me today opened formula one and hit a ricardo stick number to 25. Shame the camera's all blurry they can't see it i know no, darren order said
0: my son just said these blokes are smoking something good with his eyebrows raised clearly he doesn't like my gws tip <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well look uh yeah we clocked out the hour mark guys Big week. It's obviously been a big couple of weeks. Um, As always, make sure you look after yourself. Take care. Enjoy the footy. We're going to be around, obviously, across all across the RGB network.
1: Yeah, Jenks, you've been sensational as always. Thank you very much. It's great to be back. And again, we're going to hope to get uh, on air a bit more regularly. Everyone's so busy. not enough hours in the throughout day throughout the season. Maybe as yep. maybe the release cycles. You know, there's not as many releases. We don't think. Yep. So far this year. So maybe we'll give it more time for some more podcasting.
0: But enjoy round one of the footy guys and we will catch you soon at Car Authority. Good night. Steve guys.